Hi there, folks, and thanks so much for joining our Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Zevna Kajimam, again. Really appreciate you joining us today. And to those of you who are regular listeners and obviously appreciate the podcast, let's try something new today. If you wouldn't mind, could you pause playback for a short minute and do us a huge favor? Just pop into the iTunes store and leave us a rating. Or even better, a review, just a few words or a star rating if you really prefer to make it short and sweet. It would be a huge help to anyone looking for similar content, and we'd really appreciate the thumbs up or down from you. So just pause for a moment, hop onto the iTunes store, and review or rate us. We would be forever grateful. Okay, so now that all you regulars are back with us, big thank you for all of you tuning in and for the review if you've left one. So today we're going to revisit a couple of deals that we've highlighted here in the past, quite different in nature from each other, but both hugely interesting. And both of these are back on the market again. So they may actually hold interest to those of you uh, out there who are ready to pull the trigger on a property deal in the next few weeks or month or so. So the first one is a beachside holiday apartment that we've covered here in one of our previous uh, deal analysis episodes. And we'll link to that episode in the show notes and also to the episode in which we explained the concept behind monthly rentals, which is the way that this unit is being rented out as an income hack or income boost. So if you'll recall, and if not, again, do go back and listen to that episode. This is a ninth floor unit right on the beach in Itoshima City, which is about 40 minutes by train from central Fukuoka. And it is a beautiful and increasingly popular seaside resort town. Plenty of galleries, cafes, beautiful mountain hiking roads, temples, etc., And this particular property, which is on the top floor of that building, um, also comes with a spectacular view. And that was purchased by one of our U.S. clients who was using it for holidays and leasing it out by the month between visits. Now, that unit has been operating at close to 100% occupancy, which actually came as a surprise to us because we thought the beach-oriented lifestyle in Itoshima would appeal to guests far less during the winter and autumn. But either because of the proximity to Fukuoka City or just because of the view and convenience of the place, which is about a seven-minute walk to the train station and just two-minute walk to the beach. So that property has been booked constantly since we started leasing it out and generated something like 12 or 13% net pre-tax to the owner so far. Now, due to personal circumstances, the owner has now decided to liquidate all of his international portfolio, and that includes this property. He's purchased it for 3.2 million Japanese yen, so just over 29,000 US dollars at today's rates. And he's selling it for 3.5 million Japanese yen, so about 32,000 bucks. He's in no rush to sell, so that price is non-negotiable. But you're now getting not just the property itself as he purchased it, but also about $2,000 worth of furniture and appliances that come with it. So laundry machine, TV, sofa bed, um, speakers, microwave oven, etc., utensils, linen, and so forth, everything that monthly lease uh, tenants would need, and you yourself if you plan to also come and stay there once in a while. He's also installed a brand new hot water boiler unit a couple of months ago, so that's another $2,000 or so in value. And if that's not enough, he's also replaced some older pipe sections that were leaking a bit in the last year. So again, another $1,000 or so in value, so very attractive deal. We'll still generate about 11 or 12% net pre-tax if it keeps performing as it did so far. So again, we'll link to that deal analysis episode in the show notes and also to the monthly lease episode just to refresh your memory. 
and also to a written article that's got some photos of the property as well as that spectacular balcony view that comes with it. So if any of you are interested, do let us know and we'll organize for you to purchase it. That's on a first come, first served basis, so don't take too long. If you are interested in the cheap holiday apartment on the beach in Japan, that also happens to generate some very nice cash flow, they don't come any better than this one. Now, the second deal report we wanted to share with you, and this one's been one of our most popular uh, deals and deal analysis episodes. We've actually had three episodes on this deal so far, and that's our Niigata Ski Hotel and Onsen Resort deal. Now, this one is obviously a bit more complicated, and we'll link again to all three episodes that we've done on it in the show notes, so you can go back and listen to those two. So to those of you who aren't familiar or don't remember the details, this is a 26-room traditional Japanese inn or hotel in Niigata Prefecture. Beautiful building in excellent shape that's unfortunately not performing as well business-wise as the existing owners and operators would want it to. And when two of our investors picked up the gauntlet and paid for Pacific Business KK, our designated hotel managers, to go and investigate the property, we found out why, or at least the main reasons that we believe are behind this lack of profitability. And we had some really good brainstorming sessions together with the guys at Pacific Business, as well as our investors. We dug into the property itself, into the way it's currently being advertised and managed, into the competition both in the immediate vicinity and also a bit further out in the nearest big town. And most exciting, perhaps, we also thought up a business plan and got some really good ideas on how to really put the place on a pedestal and differentiate it, especially for foreign visitors, but also for local Japanese visitors, of course. And we feel that even the local Japanese are not really being exposed to the place nearly as much as they could and should be. So we talked a lot about refurnishing the rooms, about setting up some local food and beverage options in the unused areas of the property, amping up its attractivity as a walk-in leisure spot, which the village has virtually none of, and most importantly, staffing it properly and advertising it properly, not only during the winter months, which is the only thing being done right now, but all throughout the year. So you've got all of those details in those fascinating call recordings that we'll share with you again in the show notes. Go back and do listen to them if you want all the nitty-gritty due diligence process, which is really interesting to listen to at work. And okay, so now here's the update. So PBKK came back to us with some projections, and as usual, they've done very thorough work. They've highlighted three potential scenarios. A pessimistic scenario, which projects only slight increases in occupancy from the current status over time. And the current occupancy is close to zero on an annual basis uh, to begin with, so not very hard to improve on. They've also added a realistic projection, which they really believe is the conservative estimate of what can be done with the place over the next five years for a start. And they added an optimistic projection, which shows what they hope that they can do with the place if it's all done right. So again, this is what they plan to do, and this is what they specialize in. So really interesting stuff there. They've also added one optimum scenario, meaning what the numbers will look like if we manage to bring the place up to 100% occupancy or close to it. Not that we think that's doable in the near future, but it's good to know for the sake of having a ceiling estimate, meaning what's the most that we could potentially increase income to in an ideal kind of scenario so that investors know not to expect anything beyond that, or at least not without pouring some serious improvement capital in there. So same as with our first case with the Toshima Holiday Unit, our buyers here have also got a set of personal circumstances that's caused them to decide not to proceed with the deal. 
The main reasons for them being that they're not physically present here in Japan and they're not ski enthusiasts. So they don't really stand to benefit much personally from owning this property. And also due to the risk factor. So from their perspective, they both got similar size portfolios and those portfolios are about equal in asset value to this single asset. So for them to put in 100% of their current portfolio value into a deal that's for all practical purposes, more of a business investment than a straightforward property purchase, which is the really their standard mode of operation. So for them, this represents a risk factor that they're not entirely happy to take on at this stage of their investment journey, at least. Furthermore, these types of properties, meaning something this big and in this unique of a location, so countryside in an area that's for the moment at least popular mainly during the winter months, well, this property profile just isn't the easiest to sell at any time, uh, let alone if the property is being used as a business that's not generating any significant profits to speak of. So they're feeling that their exit strategy is quite limited in this regard, and that's something that they're not ready to take on at this stage. So long story short, and we will share PBKK's full report, um, minus uh, confidential details about the property's name and address, etc. In this episode's show notes as well, we've gone back to the owners after these few months of due diligence that we've done, and we let them know that our investors will not be proceeding with the sale. Naturally, the sellers were more than a bit disappointed. So they've, as a result of that, further sweetened the deal for anyone interested. So the price of the property has now gone down from 50 million Japanese yen to just 40 million Japanese yen. And it's quite possible that even this amount is still negotiable. So we're talking uh, just under 365,000 US dollars for a plot of land that's about one square kilometer in size with a 26-room onsen resort on it, two onsens actually included, or less. Plus, they've decided to throw in the existing company structure that they've got set up, licenses in place, food and beverage, hospitality and all. So that'll already save anyone who is buying it for commercial purposes a good few thousand bucks in setup and application costs, and will also enable them to start operating smoothly from the moment they sign the purchase contract. Oh, and if that's not enough, they've also offered to throw in the resort's car. So that's a Nissan El Grand, snow tires, bilingual GPS system, and all. Now, I don't know about you, but to my eyes, this is starting to look like a deal that might be attractive for anyone who might enjoy coming to Japan for skiing, or might have a company with a dozen or more staff members, or might have a dozen or more clients that they maybe want to give a nice little annual freebie to. And of course, for entertainment, personal use purposes as well. I mean, we've helped our clients purchase a single apartment unit for this price. And here you're getting an entire onsen resort, two or three minutes walk to the ski lifts and everything that comes with it. And the building is gorgeous, folks. We've actually had a local um, builder, carpenter, renovator uh, come out to the site with PBKK's project team when they were there. And he's also confirmed that the property is in top shape. So yes, this one is now back on the market as well. And again, we'll share all of that goodness, including the report and the projections and the estimates, etc., with you in the show notes. Just bear in mind that if you really want the full picture, including photos inside and out, detailed analysis of the competition and attractions in the area by name and full detail, we will need you to first sign an NDA, so confidentiality and exclusivity agreement first. And that should only take you a couple of minutes, so feel free to contact us with that one as well if you wish. But in any case, the basic info you need is all going to be in the show notes, so you can definitely get started with that anytime. 
that is it from us for today, folks. I think we've covered um, a lot. So from snowy mountain peaks to beachside holiday heavens, all real and available deals, both. So from 35 to 350,000 bucks or to anyone tuning in from Japan, from three and a half million to 40 million Japanese yen. So plenty to think about there, read, uh, listen to in the show notes. And of course, do get back to us with any questions, comments, or reviews that you may have. We love getting your feedback, and we would really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with your networks. And if you haven't done so already, please do leave us a rating or a review. It rocks our world. Hope to have you with us next time here on the Japan Real Estate Podcast. And until then, from all of us here at NTI, we wish you, as always, happy home hunting.